record button. So we are now live. This is this is this is it. This is the big game it's now. It's official. It's official. It, <laughs> this is this is the certified start of the bout. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wait, do they say that in boxing or do they just say ladies and gentlemen? I think they just say ladies and gentlemen. But honestly, okay. I've never watched boxing. Uh, I've seen, I've only seen UFC fights, and I don't even remember what they say at the start. All I know is they come in and they're like, punch, punch. Yeah, UFC then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start up the, I'm going to put on the intro song now. Here we okay. Go. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another episode of Welcome to the Forefront. I, once again, am your host, Ian Maven, and I'm joined here today with my lovely co-host. Uh, I can't remember how to pronounce your last name, so... Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. honestly, it's... I haven't met a single person who can say it correctly the first time. I still, I've known you for like a year and a half now, and I've never gotten it right. It's... Wait, wait, let me try. Uh, okay. Tegras. No. No. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's better than some people. Um, Tagaris. Okay. Tagaris. Okay. I'm joined here today by the lovely Audrey Tagaris. Welcome, welcome again. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. You're very welcome. Oh, so today, uh, well, <laughs> today is November the 7th where we're recording this. So uh, I thought we can start with a quick elephant talk you know discussing the elephant in the room or the elephant in a donkey i should say in the (laughs) in the room today audrey what is your reaction to the announcement today um i'm assuming that you are talking about the presidential election here in the united states of america no i was talking about an endangered elephant getting shot but let's talk about this instead (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am uh, very happy that Biden has won. Uh, Trump needed to uh, get the fuck out. So. <laughs> to say, like, for us, north of the border, like, living inside America these days is one thing, but living, like, right next door to, like, have, <laughs> having the, the apartment upstairs with the party going on downstairs or, like, the domestic de- abuse or disturbance. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say happen. party. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a party. <laughs> it's the, it's the, you can hear the, the husband and wife getting into physical altercations beneath us, and you're just thinking, do I call the cops or... Who, what, what it's, do I do? It's been a really, really hard four years for a lot of people. And, you know, with Biden winning, that will not solve any of the problems. It will just get an incompetent child out of office, which will hopefully allow for some real change. Yes. Because the, the reality is, you know, I don't remember the exact numbers, but, you know, 60 something million people voted for Trump. Yes. That is too many. And I mean, what did we expect? 
right? Like we knew that there were, have been, always have been a lot of issues that stem back to race. And that, yes. that is the biggest issue, right? Is race. And we knew that was a problem. And especially as a white person, I knew that, but it wasn't in the forefront of my life. Yeah. And it's sad to say that it did take a lot of the terrible events that happened in America for the past year, but especially the past summer. Yeah. You really opened my eyes to the true reality that people of color face every day. Yeah. And so, so electing Biden is step one down yes. the correct path. He is not the answer, but he is the beginning to the ability to find a solution. Yes. I completely agree with you. Um, what it, so the one thing I really liked about the announcement today is I want to say it was CTV News here in Canada or BBC. First article, Kamala Harris, first woman vice president, first woman Dude. executive. That is, I I is a black and Indian woman. Yes. Like, hell yes. I'm so glad that. Biden beating Trump wasn't the be all to end all headline. Like people actually acknowledged how monumentous of that moment was the fact that now there is a woman where there's never been a woman before in the past 300 years of the executive. Oh uh... yeah. This is an amazing move. This hopefully will change politics or at least inspire another generation of not just women, but people of color who are women and men yes. to, to see it's, it's possible and people want that. Like I want representation, like accurate representation of different races, religions, sexualities, genders. I want all of that in every level of government because that's what the population here is. Yes. That's what we need. You can't have just white majority white men dictating what's happening in a country that is has so many other types of people and ways of life as a white man i completely agree i right yeah right <laughs> such a, i have no like white men are great on. but we don't yes. need only white men in the, in the room we need <laughs> everybody else in the room as well yeah we i i honestly i agree it's we need to like shh not our time we can't it's not our time like you've we've, had the past how many thousands of years <laughs> we've had we've had so many so much time in the spotlight we need to just be quiet right now and just kind of exactly. take our exactly take our time exactly. to calm down all right uh well thank you for your opinion on that or for your your conversation this is history in the making uh of course whenever yeah when things like this happen the days that you're recording it's the it's really hard not to talk about it it's like oh, of course it's literally like as i mentioned it's the elephant is right there in the room and if you don't talk about it people are going to be well okay this is like the first episode so people aren't going to be like why did you talk about the election it's <laughs> there's no but, but it's yeah i mean you got to acknowledge it and talk about yes. you know because part of what we'll get into is yeah. history of things so how yeah. can we talk about history and we don't acknowledge where we're at right now yes i wouldn't have been happy with myself if i didn't bring it up but speaking of history all right today our topic 
is going to be about downloadable game content or downloadable entertainment systems or okay video games video games downloadable games okay <laughs> it's uh it's a uh, it's more of a modern topic but as we'll get into this has been around since almost the start of game systems you know what is the ownership of games who actually owns it is it yourself uh is it your proprietor is your property that you own or is it something that you get to use on behalf of whoever created it or whoever distributed it um so the rights that users have to the games that they use and how that's been changed with the technology that's been developed today so to start, I'm going to do a brief history lesson for you today, Audrey, about, Perfect. Uh, about the start of the games or the start of gaming as we know it. So I'm going to take you way, way back to the year 1958. Whoa. Yes, this is almost 100 years ago. This would be a, a lot. Yeah, so this would be about the time where computers are like the size of rooms this mm-hmm. this is before i want to say this is before sputnik before we launched anything into the moon or i mean into space this is before any humans had been in space um, for sure before humans i do not yes. know when sputnik was i, I feel like s- sputnik was in the late 50s but yeah. honestly dates are not my thing i'm confused now because I know. Google it. Well, yeah, I always get confused between 1949 and 1959. I want to say Sputnik is 59, but I'm confusing myself because I know that the Soviets' first nuclear device was 49. So I think I'm confusing myself with that. Uh, 1957. (laughs) 1957. Okay. So this is a year after Sputnik when uh, the first game came out. Uh, do you want to take a guess about what the first game was called? I'm looking at your notes, so I do see the oh, name. <laughs> okay, Shh, just just stop. Well, just let pretend. me guess. Yes. Do, does it have? Is it a two-player game that resembles uh, tennis? Okay, that's this is where <laughs> this is what happens when you have shared notes for the podcast. <laughs> Nothing is hidden. I need to like hide these. Oh, act from surprised. My... Yes. Oh my god. This is where I need to like put in, but did you know this, Audrey? Or like have spoilers or have like surprise notes that are false in my in my notes going forward. Okay. Lead me astray. Well, funny that you ask, Audrey. It was something <laughs> to do with tennis. So 1958, uh, tennis for two, invented by physicist William. I'm going to butcher this so bad. Higginbotham. 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 That is a mouthful. Yes. It sounds so English. I'm sorry. True. It's like Prince William Higginbotham of Exeter is now here to see you. That does sound like like you live in the UK. You are posh. Yes. And you're from some high class family. I mean, like the Earl. Who would choose Higginbotham as your last? No one would choose that. I, especially like William Higginbotham, if he was, he's American, but I mean, oh, wouldn't really? he go by, yeah, wouldn't he go by the name like Bill Higginbotham? It's like, so Bill Higgy, cool. yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bill uh, Higgy, that, that's yeah. a name right there. All right, I'm going to call him Bill Higgy from now on. Right, go Bill Higgy, it. 1958, 
So Bill Higgy, used, uh, he's a physicist. He worked in MIT, the Massachusetts Institute for Technology, uh, in the radiation labs. He specifically worked on radar systems. So this is the early days of radar. Uh, we don't have the digital displays of them. So it was, if you can recall, maybe World War II footage or movies as well, where you see the green box and then the line going around it. And then you see like this fuzzy circles every time something comes up on the radar display. This is what we're talking about, the technology mm -hmm. of what he's working with at the time. So yeah. he develops what is considered the first game not for academic settings. So this is the first game for entertainment purposes. And he calls it Tennis for Two. And I'm actually going to show you a clip here of what Tennis for Two looks like. I'm going to share my screen real quick for so you. Exciting. And you can describe to the audience what you're seeing here today. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. This, this is where, Audrey, you better know how to describe things that you're watching. Okay. <laughs> this is Tennis for Two, the original video game. So you'll notice that oh, wow. it's it's like essentially a radar circle dish. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, very on. 2D. Yeah. <laughs> very flat. So do you see the you, size of that controller? Was, this is what a, what is a three inch by six inch by four inch rectangular box yeah. with um it's, it's such a small like if you were just looking over the guy's shoulder you'd be thinking what's that airplane doing you know <laughs> what well, is it, it, it looks more like you know equipment that you'd find in a you know an aircraft carrier or yeah. a submarine than an at-home video game which yeah I, was this even an at-home video game or no was just no, at MIT. This was just at MIT. This okay, just well, that explains like, why it doesn't look pretty. No, of course. This Look, the people who would be playing this wouldn't be like Little Jimmy from down the road. <laughs> uh, it, this would be uh, the Bill Higgies of the world or maybe <laughs> the other physicists. I would guess that maybe like Carl Sagan or other physicists at the time would probably go out or people who are really interested at computer coding like way back mm -hmm. in the day would try this out yeah. uh just for like oh isn't this so novel like look at the like it, this is the size of the controllers and they're like Huge. boxes that you hold in your hand and you're like imagine how heavy that would be like that's not some light you no. know like a ps4 controller where it's like no whatever you know like that that's a piece of machinery yes and the controls are very simple it is uh i have the controls in my notes here or how you play it okay so so players could turn a knob to adjust the angle of the ball and push a button to hit the ball towards the other players uh, as long as they press the button when the ball was in their courts players couldn't actually miss the ball but if they hit it at the wrong time or hit it at the wrong angle, the ball wouldn't make it over the net. Uh, so they they would bounce. So it's really over. hard to not do well. There's no no, lot, there's no real skill. No, it's not. They weren't. They didn't really build this for competition. It's not like hey, who's gonna buy drinks tonight? I'll play you in tennis for two. Like. <laughs> This is just something that they created for the entertainment aspect of it, you know, that you can play for hours on end and just have fun with it. 
the next game we're going to be talking about is something called Space War! Exclamation point from 1962. And this is played on a machine called the PDP-1, which, according to my notes, uh, was the size of a fridge. Not not uh, big at all. Not big at know. all. So just, just picture a fridge. And that's not the monitor. That's the computer. That, <laughs> that, it cost... In today's money, $120,000 to own, to own this computer. A hundred and twenty. Pocket change. It's like. Pocket change. Bro. Buy a Lamborghini or buy a computer. <laughs> that is what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, computers were not accessible to the masses then, which I mean, makes total sense. It does. Uh, a lot of the, because back in the, this was before Apple, this was before Steve Jobs said, hey, mm-hmm. let's make this available. Let's not make this something that only hardware geeks would be able to code with. Or let's huge make... corporations that have oh. a whole floor dedicated to their computers and servers. And yeah, IBM was mainly for corporate use back in the day yeah. or back in this mm-hmm. time as well. Uh, so the PDP 1, this machine had a memory space of 9.2 giga kilobytes <laughs> which is small <laughs> yes that is the size of one word document so, so this computer uh, the size of the fridge the size of a fridge had this little display played or was the computer for back in the game and so or back in the day and so space war which was created by peter Sampson and steve russell also at mit it is such a cool game it, like thinking about the fact that this came in 1962 uh it it had a lot of features into it that other games in the future like pong maybe pac-man or um uh donkey kong they just they didn't really have it so the advancement in this early game was kind of monumental because they tried their best to kind of Mm -hmm. fill out as much content as possible so i'm gonna once again show you what space wars look like because we also have video footage of what space war exclamation point looks like gotta have that exclamation point to be excited about it Right. Space war exclamation point. So the rules (laughs) behind this game is that there's two ships. One is called the needle and the other is called the wedge. And essentially it's a battle in space between these two ships. They're both fighting around a star, the gravity well of a star. So you notice in the center of a screen here, you see this kind of spinning dot slash line thin yeah that is a star and they actually programmed realistic gravity trajectory around this point so that way it's realistic star system so you notice as the spaceships they're kind of like accelerating as they go towards the star and then they loop around it really quick as if they were actually doing a gravity assist in outer space and firing as the programmers or as the creators described it, quote, photon torpedoes at each other to try and destroy each other's Sounds ship. like Star Trek, man. Well, they had to create it. <laughs> Again, this is around the time the Star Trek originally came out. Well, so yeah. 
the reason why they call them the photon torpedoes as opposed to space torpedoes is because they actually use so much memory in the game that they originally wanted to program the torpedoes and weapon systems to also be affected by the gravity. However, they couldn't actually program it because the space was so limited on the PDP that they just had this, the, the torpedoes go in a straight line and they just said, Oh, it's unaffected by gravity. (laughs) It is awesome to hear that this is one of the very first iterations of what a game could look like because just hearing that concept now of of like two spaceships fighting over a gravity well and it being realistically rendered and them also having to worry about maybe limited amount of torpedoes or even limited fuel they programmed that Mm -hmm. into the game just fighting it out of like a friend of yours. Well, yeah, because just... then you you want to use gravity to your advantage if you have limited fuel. You don't want to just yeah. waste the fuel, you know, shooting around everywhere. No, it's uh, again as I mentioned with Tennis for Two, a lot of the first users of this game were physicists or coders or early programmers as well. So they went off and they updated the graphics. They added new um, components to the game. They made it different. They, they added pieces to it as well to make it better or more. Okay, enjoyable. the real question here, were there sounds as they were shooting those four ton? I don't. Or were there like the good pew pew? <laughs> I don't think so, uh, but I could tragedy. be wrong. I think in later editions, they might have. Uh, Again, we're talking, this is early, early days of computer graphics. Of course. So video was, was, they they were using like old style video. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't think they had audio associated with video in the time, but I could be wrong. Um, The the most surprising aspect I found about this doing my research is that one of the people later on, they, they found this game and somebody added VR elements into it. So, So they programmed a cockpit view of this like 2D game and they played it in VR. That would be trippy. I haven't found, I haven't found video of it. I want to find video of this. I've I looked for video of the VR game of Space War exclamation point, but I couldn't find it. So there's bound to be footage of it somewhere. There's but, gotta be. But, hey, if you find it, send it my way. I, that yes. would be really fun to watch. And if anybody listen listening to this right now finds it themselves, just please send it to us. We really want to see. Please. After arcades comes uh, the first home console systems. So this is we're we're coming out of uh, we're we're coming out of computers being these really inaccessible things to now we're in the seventies and eighties. This is where like the Apple IIs and the IBMs come out, like the first home computers. This is mm-hmm. also where um, uh, companies start making their first consoles for for home usage so maybe they have popular arcade games then they make a console version off of that where you can play all these games at home uh Mm -hmm. the first official uh or recognized console came out in 1972 and a lot of people think it's pong 
but it actually isn't. Uh, Pong came out a few months later. And the reason why Pong is more well-known was because it was more successfully sold. It was, it was more commercially successful than mm-hmm. uh, this console, which was called the... Again, I'm going to but- butcher its name. It's the Magnavox Odyssey by the, the company name... Huh. Yeah, the company was called Magnavox. Apparently, there were TV makers back then. Uh, and one of the reasons why their console didn't sell so much as Pong was because their customer base was under the impression that the Odyssey could only be played on Magnavox TV screens, oh. which wasn't true, but everybody believed it. So they're like, I don't want to buy that TV just to play that console. I want to be able to play it on my TV. Man, whoever is in that marketing department for the Odyssey, yeah. they... Why wouldn't you just say no to that? Why wouldn't you say, oh, no, no, you can play it anywhere? Why would you tell people different? It's like, no, you have to buy our TVs to play I our I guess that they were part. thinking that they could somehow convince people to buy their TV and their system, but yeah. it really just backfired. That's, that's, that's bad business practice 101, because not only mm-hmm. are you trying to bank the sales of one product off of another new product you're also making it so that way if the failure of one of these products happens regardless of the success of the other product you could adversely affect the sales of it yeah like i wouldn't buy a magnavox again you can't play pong on it or you know some sort of stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's just bad there's just no need to you know whether it's intentional or not it was bad to mislead yes the the public and you know, uh, who, who knows neither of us were alive back then um, yeah but... well yeah N- neither of us were around in 1972 so we can't we cannot opine to how people might have felt back in the day but i can just imagine mm-hmm. it being but why <laughs> because we want to sell this li- okay <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Magnavox Odyssey, which is developed by Ralph Bayer. Uh, now, Ralph Bayer had also came out with a, another prototype, which was called the Brown Box. And this Brown Box was like the first console, you know, the first dedicated gaming console created. And he made that back in 1967. So five years later... Uh, Magnavox picked it up, they made it more commercially viable, and they uh, started marketing this out to people. So one of the oddities around this first console is that it didn't necessarily come with just games. They also marketed the product with non-electronic like uh, accessories to the games. So you would use cons- like you would use cartridges. This is like mm-hmm. the age of the cartridge uh, in order to have your games loaded up on it, which by the way, I'm going to show you what a Magnavox cartridge actually looks like. Uh, this is it. This is what each one of their games oh, is on. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, not, that's not near as pretty as like a, I mean, uh, what was, what's the... Uh, what's the console that everyone plays? Super Smash on the Nintendo. It's gray. The is NES? that what it was? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was. Yeah. So the first Smash I think came out on GameCube. Or was it GameCube? GameCube was purple, I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
so, I don't know what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking yeah. of a different cartridge game though that looked actually kind of pretty. It had like a picture of the game <laughs> yes. on like the front of it. Yeah, to describe what the Odyssey's game cartridges look like, just picture a it looks like a comb. Except each yes. one of the yeah, except each one of like the comb bits sticking out of it are like glued together. And it's like super thin. Uh the the cart like the game system could only handle a few bytes of information on it not not kilobytes but bytes of information uh so, so these were pretty small games or pretty small uh, uh playtime or memory that you can have on it uh which all their games were basically like you know poker or table tennis or darts or all these like uh, small little tacky games which as i was saying one of the things that they tried to sell the the console itself on was they included accessories that were they they essentially gave out the consoles with packets of dice cards or poker chips in in order to play their games with so it'll be what? like yeah, it will be like a card game that you play on the TV and then you have your cards in front of you or you'll play like virtual poker and then you have your chips in front of you or you'll, you'll play like a board game and then you'll have the dice that you roll yourself. And <laughs> this is, this That's is... such an odd combination of <laughs> real life and technology. <laughs> Just imagine today if they're like no no you can't play this game unless you have a pencil and you're like why pencil why do i why don't you involve that mechanic that you want me to write out with a pencil yeah. also coding a dice roll cannot be that hard it's not it's just you do you do like a random number generator random number between, generator between, between one and like, six yeah like that's that's like two seconds of thought to, to code this. And, no and they're space. like, this is too hard. We need to sell dice. Well, I think also, like, uh, reading on this, like, Magnavox doesn't sound like the brightest company. It sounds like the kind of company that, like, the nephew of the founder left to run. And then this nephew was like, we're going to do this. With our, with uh, it's, like, it's like they were counting on... The customers not wanting to fully embrace the technology, so they didn't adapt, no. like produce their games as just full blown technology, which would have no. seen more success. Like with Pong, it yeah. was technology, whereas yeah. this was one foot out the door, one foot still inside. They just yeah. choose. <laughs> they just like, well, we didn't want to just sell dice sets because who just wants to buy that in today's day and age? Even though they probably would have made more money. <laughs> from like cost a good soul if they just sold the dice and not the actual console (laughs) so fun fact for you audrey for this podcast uh, lan which is local area network area network i think so yeah uh which was very common for back in the day you know you have a bunch of consoles or pcs in one room and then you hook them all together and you play the same game there as opposed to over the internet that is probably the early modern concept but there is still land parties going on today do you want to actually take a guess of where the largest land party in the world takes place oh goodness um I'm going to guess it's either in 
Japan because I know okay. they do a lot of gaming and okay. competitions and stuff like that. Or I'm somewhere in Europe. You're very close. You are right on the money if you're second guess. This is okay. okay. You and I both know this place because we Sweden? lived there for six months. It's actually it's Yunchipin, Sweden itself. Yunchipin, really? Yes, Yunchipin, Sweden, yearly hosts the largest land game in the world or land party in the world. What it's... what month of the year <laughs> we, did we miss it? We did. We weren't there during that time. <laughs> so it, it was. Hold up, let me get the name of it. It's the. Um, Land party in Japan. It's called Dream Hack. Uh, I want to say. No, we have to go back. <laughs> we have to just go for back. this podcast. We'll <laughs> we'll get those advertisers who are just filling our pockets, and we will just jump on a plane and uh, go back and participate. <laughs> we'll we'll go back there for for Valberg and for <laughs> for Midsummer and then for Dream Hack. <gasps> man i left like a week before midsummer and i was oh. so upset i was like oh if i had known i would have just stayed yeah <laughs> you'll be like this is all happening right here what couldn't we have just stayed so again if i choose to use this part of the audio um anybody listening there who wants to pay for audrey and my flight back to europe <laughs> <laughs> just to go and reminisce post-covid 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 we'll be, we're know, not expecting yes we're not we're not expecting anything for COVID, mainly because I don't even think Audrey can leave her country yet. <laughs> Dude, yeah, okay. What countries are accepting Americans, Americans. right now? No one. <laughs> I don't think really anybody. So uh... <laughs> you guys are not well loved abroad right now. So this leads up to the modern discussion of of games so this is where i'm gonna put a transition so this is on to the next segment we did like an hour of recording there that's all that's longer than i expected that to be that might that history might actually be its own separate episode (laughs) if you if that's what it has to be yes because i want to talk about that's a yeah. That is a full. I mean, that's over an hour, actually. Because we, we want to talk a whole lot more about this. I'm gonna take a sip of water so we I can talk more. Ow! I like how you said it's five to ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was not even close. <laughs> All right. Uh, next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, our topic today, it's not about history. That was a bad segue. I need to... <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, so... Just say it again. Just say it again. <laughs> <laughs> just say it again. We'll fix this in post. Uh, what do you mean we? <laughs> I'll fix this in post. Ian, yeah. please fix this in post. Okay. <laughs> One ship was called The Needle, and the other was called The Wedge. <laughs> it's not playing. Oh, no. It's not? No. How... Okay, now I see your notes. Dare you? Oh well, you know why? Because my Chrome just crashed. The, oh, no. Which is surprising because uh, <laughs> Space War just couldn't handle it. It couldn't handle. As I said, as I mentioned, it has just so much content in it that even my laptop today couldn't even handle its awesomeness. 
Space War! Exclamation it's black point. again. When no! I leave the window, it stops. Okay, I'm just going to... Keep gonna... that no. Put yeah. that no in the blooper. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Food licensing. Do you want to know what my takeaway from this is? 100%. Chuck E. Cheese probably wouldn't have gone bankrupt if only they partnered with Budweiser. Dude. <laughs> I think this is why arcades are the con. <laughs> because they're like, hmm, how are we going to save these arcades? I know. We put mouse with robot parts in there. But it can't be just mouse. It has to be animals that sing songs. <laughs> but I, I know there was like a friend of a birthday party. Yeah. Someone had to. So once again... Uh, if I actually end up using any of this <laughs> audio or footage, not only did Chuck E. Cheese go bankrupt because they didn't serve alcohol, but they also bankrupt because their their entire corporate identity, their brand, was nightmare fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, arcades. <laughs>